Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. What are your thoughts on Jeopardy? Are you are you all watching? Of course. I'm not watching. Because I realize it's my duty as someone who's of AARP age. I need to get into this because that's what you end up doing. And then you fall asleep after you watch Feel of Fortune. Doing your wordle doing your wordle puzzle at the same time. Right, exactly. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. That's our friend Susan Wazena, you just heard uh, weighing in on her thoughts on Jeopardy, which seems to be right up there with Sunday Night Football on broadcast. Here we are anyway, I'm Arch Campbell, and uh, Lou Katz is in the control room. Louie, you ready for this? I, I'm, I'm always ready. I'm like a Boy Scout. I'm all prepared, constantly, ready to go. <laughs> I think you better be, because <laughs> this is going to be a gap fest about the Oscar nominations. And they just came out this week. And to talk about them, I have invited my two favorite film savants. And if you listen to this podcast, you know by now they are first Jason Fraley of WTOP, the entertainment editor at the great radio station in Washington, and all the way on the other side of the country, Oliver Jones of Observer.com. And welcome, Jason and Oliver. And here we go. And shall we start with Power of the Dog? Got 12 nominations. What do we think? I think, yeah, I mean, I think that those 12 nominations, I think that makes Power of the Dog on Netflix the front runner. Um, And it's... It's such a um, it, it's such a tricky film to recommend. Like when I look to TOP listeners, right. because you you almost need to know the ending to fully appreciate all of the visual foreshadowing that Jane Campion's doing as a directing. It's it, that's been there all along. Like especially that scene with um, where where Cumberbatch is making the rope and Cody Smith McPhee is just sort of staring at him with a slight grin. You think it's one thing the first time you watch, winds up being another sort of this cat and mouse uh, revenge western sort of a thing. But but I know that's like that's like a tough sell to convince like an average moviegoer to rewatch something if they thought. It was too slow or not not enjoyable the first time, which is some I've been getting a lot of bad feedback on social media from, you know, from quote unquote average moviegoers saying it's I am too so slow. glad you said that because there's a, a Facebook page kind of associated with this webcast and several people have expressed their uh, less than happy opinion about Power of the Dog. 25 years since our first run together, 1900 and nothing. It's a long time. I wonder what little lady made these. I did, sir. Oliver, what do you think? Are are most of their problems with the ending? I think it's a hard movie to follow. I'm with Jason on that. And, And I had to watch it twice. And then I went online and read a little bit about it. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great movie. And I think it's a great performance by Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, But it is a little hard to follow. You know, it's a film about um, masculine menace, right? Uh, Toxic masculinity run amok, which is sort of the kind of slime that has been running under uh, Westerns, uh, but never really exposed to the way that it has in this this film. It really... um, reframes that idea in a very powerful and controlled way. I mean, this is one of those movies where the director is on top of everything in the film. You know, this would be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it would be, if it wins, it would be the first Western to do so since Unforgiven. 
Um, unless, yeah, unless we yeah. want to count, unless we want to count, like you know, no country for old men or no yeah. man land, like modern. Yeah, that's, well, and but let's yeah, also yeah, yeah. throw in this could be the first. Would this be the first Netflix Oscar winner? Yeah, it definitely would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would. So yeah, that, this that is would. like the step where we go from theaters to streaming. So it's important for that, and it's a beautiful movie. And, yeah, and definitely. Very, I, yeah, yeah, don't. I definitely don't want to, um, you know, misconstrue what I'm saying. It's, it's. Um, I can totally see it winning, and I think it, you know, it'd be deserving. Uh, the, um, it's, it's a movie where I think the, the directing, um, it, it's a director movie, maybe more than a screenplay movie. I get. I guess what people are, the feedback I'm getting is they think it's, it's, it's too slow to get to that ending. But I, mm-hmm. so, so to me, I think it's an interesting case study of of like how we uh, how we critics and you know academics cinephiles approach a movie yeah. versus a, a mainstream you know you could say the same thing about like arguably my favorite movie you know vertigo you could say the same thing you someone said you haven't seen vertigo till you've seen it again and so it's exactly. it's, it's sort of that it i guess it it's all where do you come down in the debate of how well should it work as a first time roller coaster ride versus oh my god look at all these visual breadcrumbs that have been there all along well, I, that's why i think it probably works best as a second time watch it's can we convince people to go back and watch it again is the question and, and that plugs into it's being on netflix because you don't have oh. to take another night to go down the street and uh, get in line and watch it again I don't, it's interesting. I think Jane Campion, the director, is probably going to win Best Director. Holly, what well, do you she, think? She's the first woman to ever be nominated twice in the category, mm-hmm. which feels mm-hmm. kind of shocking. That's crazy. Uh, it took that long, right? Yeah, it really, it really does. And you know, it's interesting. It, it does seem like women directors get these opportunities in like genre type of movies, right? To sort of reimagine genre. Uh, and I think it's the way that she did it is 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 quite exciting. Uh, and then you know we're gonna have possibly two women directors in a row after never having one for for many many years. But it's also you know it, it's it's one of these slow burn movies that does not serve well for people who have you know phones in their hand all the time, right? Yeah, right. right. To, um, uh, drive my car, you know, that uh, it's, it's, it's exactly. not necessarily built for the appetite that we have right now, you know, where you're drive my to cars it. three hours in Japanese subtitled and is supposed to be fabulous. And I just have not. Have you seen? I'm sure Oliver's seen it, right? Oh, oh, we've both seen it. You've seen it, Jason. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's very exciting that uh, <laughs> that so many people in the Academy are willing to take on a, a, a movie. Uh, that is a, a slow burn, uh, slow burn drama uh, mm-hmm. of uh, incredible subtlety and intensity. The fun thing, or the frustrating thing about the Oscars, is that every step forward also has a step back. You know, yeah. I think this year we really had, you know, that that was an exciting step forward. You know, but we also saw some step backward to the same process. You know, I'm so let's let's example. just jump in and and go there, uh, which yeah. is uh, do the Oscars have the same impact uh, or what is the impact of the Oscars now in 2022? Um, I hate to say this because I know all three of us are like the biggest, uh, you know, movie mm-hmm. buffs. And I'm, you know, literally like at times have been, I'm Mr. Oscar. I love this stuff. But mm-hmm. uh I think they're becoming more and more irrelevant in terms of, you know, like the water cooler conversation or the social media conversation. Um, in fact, as mu- as much as I, you know, as, as a cinephile, I want to hold up the Jane Campions of the world, but in, as like a, 
trying to be objective analyst of of the telecast where the ratings have dropped to you know 58 they dropped 58 yeah, last yeah. year to a record low i i almost think that those nominee hit he- the headlines yesterday were almost like the worst thing that could have happened for the ratings because they're uh-huh. you know spider-man no way home the big box office champ didn't get nominated mm-hmm. while you have mm-hmm. like a slower burn polarized polarizing uh power of the dog leading the nominees um so i don't know maybe i guess they need to get tom holland and andrew garfield and toby mcguire the three spideys to come co-host it but like yeah like it's where i i feel this like ripping apart of of you know what what's nominated versus what people are actually watching yeah and are the odds of that pretty good uh for the spider-man uh hosts on the you know what are you hearing out there i haven't heard have you have you jason what's what's the chatter on that all I know is that they they're they're trying. They did say there's going to be a host this year, right? I but I don't think they've announced yeah, who, yeah. who it's going to be. But um, but I don't know. There's some, you know, there's some there's some quote unquote bigger movies, main, more mainstream, I guess, movies that you that are in here. Um, like I know, well, don't look up. Let's go through the list. Hours. Yeah, go ahead. Let's let's let me let me, I'm just going to start throw a title out and let's let's go from there. These are the best movie nominees. Let's start with Belfast which was, I thought was lovely. Mama says if we went across the water, they wouldn't understand the way we talk. If they can't understand you, then they're not listening. We're looking to cleanse the community away, but you wouldn't want to be the old man out in the street. Touch my family and I'll kill you. I wasn't a fan. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I felt, <laughs> I love I, I love making you laugh yeah. every time I do that, Luke. Uh, um, I'm, I'm like the Simon Cowell of this podcast. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I mean, um, it was a, a film that just dripped with sort of treacly nostalgia uh, in a way that, that didn't feel completely honest to me, you know, but it's a film that if, you know, Power of the Dog has to rival. That's the, that's it, right? Uh, Kenneth and, Branagh, um, growing up in Ireland during the uh, the Troubles, and uh, uh, a memory of his childhood, a child's eye view of the Civil War. Yeah, I mean, it's warm and fuzzy uh, in in the way that uh, Power of the Dog is cold and calculated. Uh, mm-hmm. So it it really uh, is is counter programming, a profound counter program. All right, I mean, let me throw this. This here's a piece of meat for you. West Side Story. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Um, so th- I guess what, like, other than Power of the Dog, West Side Story, and, and well, I guess Dune had the next most, and then you had West uh, yeah. Side Story in Belfast. So, um, but yeah, West Side Story. I think the fascinating thing to me is I don't think any movie has won it twice, right? Like uh, it won in 1961. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's ever happened before. So no. that's interesting. And I think it's Spielberg's. It's now a record. He's had 11 Best Picture nominations over his career, and now he's the he's the uh, what is he? He's the first ever to be nominated for Best Director in six different decades. That's insane. Yeah, I, it no. just felt old and tired and lazy to me. The first gringo boy who smiles at you. I never seen you before. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? Do you want to start World War III? Now, see, I, I like, I thought it improved a lot of different things. Although we've talked in previous podcasts how, you know, we didn't like that they changed the order of some of the songs and stuff. But the, the um, I feel pretty thing kind of lost me. The replacing it, moving it around. Yeah, well, fair enough. But I think interestingly, um, it will be, um, you know, we talked about Jane Campion trying to, you know to win again or win for the first time 
after being nominated, but she'll have to go through Spielberg, who beat her last time when Schindler's List beat the piano. So there's some interesting, uh, you know, full circle parallels coming around. I really think that this movie would benefit if it could find somewhere to stream uh, in the next couple of weeks. You know, it's still just in the theaters, uh, West Side Story, and and obviously it's not drawing people into the theaters. I think it would be, you know, I liked the movie. I thought uh, I, I thought it was an invigorated uh, director and an invigorated telling. You know, whether or not it was really necessary or we needed to, uh, um, it to be done is a is another topic. They did just announce. I think I saw a headline this morning that there it's going to be streaming on Disney Plus like early March or something. So be- right before oh, the Oscars. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to to being able to um you know watch it uh without having to jump through hoops. And and we got now we're down to Licorice Pizza, the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, another nostalgic look back at uh, California in the early '70s, the Valley. You know who I am. Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand. Yeah, like sands. Like the ocean. Like beaches. Barbara Streisand? No, but Streisand. Sand. I liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah, I wasn't as high on it as, um, as some of his past stuff. Like, I was a huge fan of Boogie Nights and, you know, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood is a masterpiece. There the Master blood, is a ma- yeah, master, yeah. I thought was a masterpiece. Master, yeah. This one, you know, it meandered a little bit. And there, there was a lot, there was a ton of individual moments that I love, you know, riding backwards in the truck. And <laughs> there, there was some really, really yeah, hilarious, yeah. like all time scenes. But um, I mean, I know, Oliver, you liked it uh, a lot more. But to me, it almost felt a little bit like a, a little bit of like an insular experience, like you had to have grown up or, or you know, or maybe now live in that culture. And, and even like the title, Licorice Pizza, they don't actually go to the record store. I don't mm. think it's sort of like you have to kind of be in on the joke of, of the region. But um, but it, it was fine. I just yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't see it winning Best Picture. I'm a I'm a professor. So I, I, I deal with young people sort of um, making their way into the world. And um, this film and those two lead characters really spoke to that moment of just you know maybe knowing too much who you are and not enough who you are and and uh and and those two characters kind of meeting in the middle there i was disappointed that um uh alana uh Haim didn't get a nomination yeah I thought she yeah was extraordinary. people thought she would i was moved by the film uh and i thought it was uh you know a really refreshing piece but i i think that um i can also understand people having an, an opposite opinion and I, I also think that, um, and, and forgive me for saying this, but I, I really do think it's almost like an unforced error opening itself up to a bunch of think pieces about the age difference. I think if she was like 20 and he was 18, we mm-hmm. might be talking a best yeah. picture contender. But now there, that, that opens up enough of a window for some detractors that might bring it down. It's, an, it's good, you know, good enough to get nominated, but maybe not get over the finish line because of that, maybe. All I'm saying is I liked it. I didn't love it. And so, but it's in there anyway, and good for that. Now that brings us to Dune, which uh, Licorice Pizza and West Side Story, there's still theaters only. Dune, you can see on Apple TV and you can get it on demand. And uh, uh, got a lot of nominations too. My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always, you know that. I've been having dreams about a girl. Arrakis. I don't know what it means. 
Dreams make good stories. But everything important happens when we're awake. Apparently it directed itself because it got it got 10 <laughs> nominations, but Denis Villeneuve, Nuve, however you say it, did, you know, didn't get a nominate for, for director. And I love, you know, prisoners, I, I love his stuff, Arrival, but like, man. Uh, Says Dune or done? <laughs> well, I think I that... Think Go ahead, Arthur. Go yeah, ahead, I think people, I mean, it was frustrating that, you know, it felt like half a movie, right? Uh, you know, it felt like yeah, we just, yeah, you know, it the, is. Sentence, the sentence ended in the in, in right in the middle. And um uh, <laughs> but that said, it felt like a more, you know, surrounding complete experience uh than than most of the other nomination nominees, where you really felt like you were enveloped in this world. And I think um, you know, I'm not sure it was escapism though. Uh, or at least we would want to escape there. As half a movie that makes it undo, <laughs> <laughs> or just do. We got to get the any, but um, doomed. I, I, I think that yes, while it is the while it is the big biggest blockbuster uh, theatrical blockbuster of the nominees, I do think that half a movie uh, tag that we we all kind of give it um, fairly or unfairly. I mean, it is sort of half a movie. I think that will kind of prevent it from actually winning best picture and uh, king richard the uh, will smith uh, story based on the story of the williams sisters and their father uh, amazon on demand you can get it right there sweet um, biographical sports uh. <laughs> this was a movie that was uh you know um williams sanctioned right uh this was yeah. uh, a, a a hagiography if you will, um, that uh, took a very complicated story and a complicated man, and uh, and tried to simplify it in a in a really huge uh, manner, and 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 I think in doing so, perhaps took some of the um, more interesting parts of the story out of it. I wrote me a seventy-eight page plan for their whole career before they was even born. I think you might just have the next Michael Jordan. Oh, no, brother man. I got me the next, too. Whether or not the rise of um, the most remarkable thing about the rise of two of the greatest uh, tennis players ever was the fact that their father called their shot uh, is a matter of debate. I, I think their accomplishment is their own and uh, deserves, uh, uh, they deserve the attention more than the dad does. That said, you know, I would be surprised if Will Smith didn't win. Uh, and it seems like uh, it matters to him more than it matters to any of the nominee, any of the other nominees in, in any of the categories. I mean, yeah. he badly, badly wants this. Yeah, I definitely, I think that's the more interesting, uh, one of the most interesting storylines of the best actor race. But I'll, I will, I'll table that for now because I know we're yeah. trying to go in order here. But in terms of as a best picture nominee of, you know, King Richard, it's, I agree that the framing device of the whole conceit of it is a little odd. It's like, are we going to tell the Michael Jordan story through his, his father um, right. who tragically passed away? I guess that's not a good example, but do you know what I mean? Like you, you, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it should be about the athlete, but it is sort of that crowd pleaser um, sports movie that, you know, I could see uh, people, uh, mainstream fans would, would be happy with it. Okay. Here's the best movie nominee that I really uh, loved hearing. And that is Coda, which is on Apple and uh, has this wonderful performance from Amelia Jones and from several uh, hearing impaired actors, including uh, Marley Matlock. You're the girl with the deaf family? Yeah. yeah. I just want to tell you right now. And you sing. 
Interesting. When people ask me uh, recommendations, the first thing out of my mouth these days is Coda, if they haven't seen it. And uh, the feedback on that is fabulous. Uh, what do you think of Coda? Yeah, I mean, I know if you've, anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that I've been beating that drum for, for a while. It's right. Uh, it's uh, I, that's sort of like my underdog dark horse in this whole mm -hmm. race. I I would just like smile ear to ear if it won. Like I I mean I, I'll go ahead and nice. say it. I'm I'm actively rooting for it. I don't actually know. If, uh -huh. I don't think it, it might have the legs to actually upset some of these more front runners. But I would just be delighted because, like you said, Arch, it's. It's it's the one movie that I can recommend to fellow critics, you know, because mm -hmm. it won Sundance, but um, or or just uh, you know my family, friends, mainstream people that aren't even really huge into movies, they come back and they're like, oh my gosh, I just saw Coda, and you were right, it was so so it was so uplifting. So I well, kind of walks that line line perfectly, as um, opposed I, to hearing from people who saw The Power of the Dog, and right. come back and say, well, what was that? Right. Coda, I think, is this year's Little Miss Sunshine or Juno. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. the one you really would like to. Wouldn't it be nice if if uh, that one? Like the How upset about, special, everyone would would actually like be like, okay, I'm I'm not I'm not mad at that. <laughs> right. Don't look. Uh, we have have we talked about don't look up <laughs> the the satire on Netflix. Uh, I, I would Jennifer say along Rowe with Belfast, Lawrence. this was my least favorite of the. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, I, get I, I didn't it. find it remotely okay. funny, and I and I and I was, you know, I wanted to. Uh, and... What did you think, Jason? Well, the it's one of those where I mean, it, it almost feels like the the voters like saw the the deep cast and was like, I'm going to check that box. Um, actually, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel made a joke the other night. He was like. Well, all the people like saw, oh my gosh, uh, Leo DiCaprio, all these people, I'm going to check that uh -huh. box on the way out yeah. the door. And then they went to go see Spider-Man. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but the, actually the interesting thing we mentioned, Dune is the biggest blockbuster, um, a theatrical blockbuster of the best picture nominees, but don't look up might be right up there in terms of like, you know, the hours logged, you know, because the amount I, I think of, it's, of streaming. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh. Good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. You guys discovered a comet? I have a tattoo of a shooting star on my back. Oh, that's that's terrific. Netflix yeah. says it's what was it like their top or second second most viewed thing or something like that, like seven hundred million hours or something crazy. I don't know. I don't even know how we compare that to box office. For and we well, mentioned Drive My Car, three hours in Japanese. I know it's wonderful. And I can go down the street and see it at the Avalon Theater, which I dearly love. And I just can't make myself do it. Well, Arch, I think you should drive your car there and go do it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful- I think it's time to bite the bullet, Arch. I right? think you gotta do it. <laughs> okay. it's, a it's a beautiful- it's a beautiful film, uh, you know, a little leisurely paced at three hours. Uh, it, I think it's, this is one of the few like, purely critics circles driven, uh, you know, best picture nominees and you know, all the critics associations, like really, I think propelled it to get nominated here. And um, it's a beautiful film. It really is about grief and all sorts of things, but I don't think because of that leisurely pace, I don't think it will, you know, do what Parasite did, which, you know, which was no, like a, a tighter no. thriller element that, you know, kind of could win the international audience and win enough of the traditional Hollywood voters to win best picture. So I think drive my car, I think, um, is is your best bet for international feature? Although I liked uh, Worst Person in the World too. I think that was well, actually, you know, yeah, well, which well, is well, opening well, this week, by the way, and is uh, Norwegian, yeah, 
in uh, yeah, subtitle. It's, it's one of the best coming of age stories I've seen uh, in years, and yeah. I'm telling people to watch it. Absolutely. Well, it's sort of a, a quarter life crisis movie. Uh, you know, it's that it's that crisis that you feel between the age 25 to 30. You know, but um, speaking on uh, on uh, Drive My Car, Arch, you know. You have been a, a cultural reporter there in, in Los Angeles for, I mean, excuse me, DC yeah. for a long time. And, and this is a film about a, um, that's based around a multilingual Uncle Vanya staging uh, at, a, at a Hiroshima theater festival. And, you know, the way that it shows rehearsal and the process of, of, and the meaning of, of art and, uh, and specifically of, of regional theater you know, as someone who came out of that world, you know, with my father having been a director in Washington, D.C., right. it meant a great deal to me. And, and, and I've never seen that uh, shown in the, in, in the manner that it, uh, that, that it was. Uh, so the I, Washington I think that, Theater Center. Yeah, exactly. I think that you'll um, I think that you'll 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 get something out of it. OK, OK, OK. <laughs> now, now, both of you got an email from me because I was so excited. <laughs> that I got to watch Nightmare Alley a second time because now it's on HBO Max. And I just love that movie. And if I were a voting member of the Academy, I would vote for Nightmare Alley for best movie of the year just because of the production design of it. I just love it. And I'm sure both of you think I'm crazy. You're not as hard to read as you think. You run a wreck, same as me. If you help me, we can make quite a big dent in this town. You barely know me. Oh, I know you're no good. And I know that because neither am I. Do you think Guillermo has a shot? Because I, mean, I know Shape of Water no. a couple years ago. No, there's no <laughs> shot for it at all. Uh, Kate Blanchett was just fabulous. Didn't even get nominated. Neither did Bradley Cooper. But I just, I love the original and I love the remake and it's so dark and vampy and, and dark and <laughs> i don't know if you're getting it out there but here we've had the opportunity to see it uh, in the theaters in black and white yeah they, um, the afi did that as well yeah so that's been that, that that's been interesting too i mean again you know if you want to feel the craft of movies you know that movie really feels you know touched by hands it really feels it feels like it was built uh yeah in a way yeah. that's very satisfying it's um, just so beautiful looking yeah, how do you just, think it would have played if it was released black and white, you know, like an original old school noir? How, how do you think it would have played if they re released it black and white first? Or do you think the color release was, you know, uh, important? I, I like the color, frankly, because yeah. you really get to appreciate the uh, production design. And I was looking at the sets as much as as the film. And I don't, you know, we Nightmare Alley, there's no use talking about it much because uh, <laughs> it's not going to do anything. Let's get to best actresses real quick. And I'm just I'm going to read off the five actresses who are nominated. Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, Jessica Chastain, the eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, the lost daughter, Penelope Cruz, parallel mothers, Kristen Stewart, Spencer. I think what stands out most in that list is that none of those films were nominated for uh, best picture. Yeah. Uh, right. One of the things that uh, the Oscars is supposed to do is sort of focus your uh, attention, mm -hmm. right? But if you go across the lead actor categories and in the, in, in the two lead actor categories and the 10 best pictures, that's 17 yeah. different movies. 
uh, right? Yeah. Um, so so it, it has really expanded the conversation rather than focused it. Uh, that's, that's actually said, a fascinating you know, point. That's a great point. I really think that uh, um, uh, Kristen Stewart and Penelope Cruz had two of the of the most interesting performances uh, um, of anyone this uh, this whole year, and I was very pleased with their uh, with their nomination. I know what you guys think of Spencer. I don't want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> oh God, I hated that movie. She made the most beloved are. woman in the world uh, a whiny teenage brat, and I'll just never forgive her for that. <laughs> and Olivia Coleman, the lost daughter, there's a line in there, oh, oh, she's old and she didn't behave very well when she was young. And now there's a young mother and her daughter is looking for her dolly and she, she steals the dolly. And at one point, the mother says, what the F? <laughs> and that's my review of the lost daughter. The eyes of Tammy Faye, uh, good God. And being the Ricardos, uh, it's like a TV movie. Well, it is, it's a movie about right. TV, but it, it's it's every every piece of gossip you've ever heard about the I Love Lucy show just repackaged and. Well, yeah, kind of arch, kind of to what you're saying. Um, the way you sort of laid that out, a lot of them, you know, being the Ricardos, eyes of Tammy Faye, Spencer, a lot of them, it's sort of that. Oh, you put package it into a gimmicky play a famous person you get nominated even if the movie itself doesn't rise to best picture and i'm don't worry oliver i'm not gonna you know pile on top of spencer again today I really would like <laughs> because to have seen amelia jones of coda get a best actress nomination i really would have liked to have seen that or if not uh act uh, at least supporting really would have liked to have seen her and they overlooked it yeah, the st well, the story. I, I mean, I would have loved. I would have loved that too. But the uh, the the, the storyline of Best Actress, at least when these were nominees were announced yesterday, I think to me the big surprise, if you're following it as an Oscar race, horse race, is <laughs> was Kristen Stewart getting in there because you know all yeah, her fans yeah. probably breathed a sigh of relief because originally she had been snug snubbed by SAG and people were like, oh my mm. gosh, she was the perceived front runner. Now she's not going to get in at all. But so finally she has a shot at winning for Spencer now. But then on the flip side. All of the fans and stands of of Lady Gaga uh, were shocked that she was dumb for for House of Gucci and yeah, I, I was Lady saying, Gaga. I was, saying on t I was saying on T.O.P. yesterday, hell hath no fury like the little monster scorned. They are they are fired up in force on social media. <laughs> Lady Gaga, give me a break. <laughs> well, that whole movie was uh, was shut out. Um, it was, well, it was know. terrible. It was a terrible movie. And I thought she was great in A Star is Born. I thought that was a true A Star is Born moment, you know, uh -huh. but she's, she's in the sh far from the shallow now, I guess. <laughs> so uh, let me go through Best Actors very quickly. We got Will Smith, Benedict Gumperbatch. We already talked about them, and uh, either one of them will win. The others are Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Denzel Washington, Tragedy of Macbeth. That's awfully strong and uh javier bardeem uh as uh being the ricardos yeah i think we alluded to it earlier but i think that's the most interesting thing is 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 this going to finally be will smith's year you know all those blockbusters independence day men in black and then all the nominations ali pursuit of happiness what do you think will smith or benedict cumberbatch like i said i think that it means the most to will smith you know yeah. uh, i think that it matters to him I th uh, more than it does uh anyone else nominated in any of the categories. I think he's going to campaign, you know, like Bill Clinton out here. You know, I think he's going, <laughs> I think he's going to be um, uh, like, a, we're gonna see a campaign like we've never seen before, a charm offensive. Because listen, there is no one in this 
town better at, at, at charming a room than Will Smith. So oh, we're going to see something right. you know, like we've never seen before in terms of his, his uh, uh, charm offensive. And, Although you know, I'm hearing that there's not the kind of campaigning there usually is because of uh, coronavirus and uh, restrictions and that sort of thing. So will that work against him? I, I think that we're going to start seeing that stuff ramp up. You know, uh, there, there was a big um, screening in, uh, in Santa Barbara of, um, of Spencer with um, uh, Kristen Stewart uh, right before mm. the voting. And I think that might have helped swing things. So I do think that these events matter and, and that, these, that campaigning, especially as California um, uh, starts to scale back on the mask mandates and these different mandates, you know, we're going to start seeing more of that. And I think that is going to come into play. So any thoughts on supporting actor or actress? Yeah, I mean, um, for supporting actress, I mean, I thought the biggest snub was Ruth Nega passing. I know we like- Yeah, that. that's a shame. Uh, I was, I thought that was a brilliant performance. So I guess that leaves me, I'm definitely rooting for Ariana DeBose yeah. Harvey, for, for West Side Story as Anita. I think that would be my pick there. Um, and I, I also, I was also disappointed the entire cast of Mass, you know, Martha Plimpton and Dow, Jason Isaacs, like they didn't get like, if we're not, if we're not giving out awards for that, perf those performances, like what are we even doing here? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's supporting actress. How about you? Um, um, well, it, it definitely feels like um, the acting wing of the Academy loved uh, uh, the being, being the Ricardos and nobody else did. Right. So so this was like uh, and, and I think J.K. Simmons, you know, uh, definitely I mean, he's good in the film, I suppose. Uh, but uh, the, the, the film itself is just so undynamic and so unexciting and really needed another director. But I um, will say that he was pretty good as uh fred He's always good, right you know um but i think uh you tony uh kotzer uh yes. being the first uh um deaf man uh yeah. to be nominated for a, a performing uh uh category category i think and i've uh, always admired cody smith mcphee the kid yeah. in the power of the dog in fact that's his movie as much as it is benedict cumberbatch's it's Bronco Henry's movie more than any of them offspring. Right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Troy Kotzer, I would I would love, I would love, love. And there was there was a video that the director of of Coda posted on Twitter of of a Kotzer learn seeing he got nominated. Well, actually, I don't know if it was for the Oscars, it might have been BAFTA, but he he's on like a little um uh exercise ball bouncing up and down and falls off and it's he's just so lovable uh troy kotzer was hilarious as the dad and also the the grandpa from belfast siren hines is that how you say yeah. it yeah just a, yeah. a lovable on-screen yeah. grandfather so it, if either either one of those two the the grandpa from belfast or the dad encoder or who i'm rooting for there i'm sorry that judy dench nomination was not necessary what was that uh, no you know, and uh, and I think a lot of people still have a, a bad taste in our mouth from um, her win for um, Shakespeare in Love when she was on there for about five minutes. Yeah, been Ruth it should have been. Instead. It should have been. In fact, that is a sadly overlooked movie, Passing. I need to say very quickly that uh, Lou Katz puts us on Hound Radio, Hound Internet Radio. Uh, it's the great days of soft rock music just as Lou Katz is the great uh, guy from <laughs> Soft Rock 
today. I'm you, soft, you're all right. Rocking, <laughs> you're rocking softly in there. We Lord. are, and I, I'm proud to announce that the Oscar, we're making the announcement now, the Oscar for Best Internet Radio Station goes to, drumroll please, <laughs> Hound Radio. Alexa here. I know you are always asking me to do shit, but I'm now referring you to Hound Radio's Luke Katz. He runs this place. Barely. Reach him at Lou at houndradio.com. Man, the clock is ticking. So uh, let's make some predictions. Jason, of everything we uh, discussed, uh, how do you see the Oscars at this point? I mean, it's hard to, I mean, especially after that Hound Radio plug, Power of the Dog is probably, uh, I think it, I think right now that's where the smart money is, of course. I mean, I wouldn't shock if West Side Story or something pulls it out, but I'm personally, or Belfast, but I'm my, my dark horse, I'm still rooting for Coda. I know it's probably not going to happen, but I'm rooting for it. It'll probably be Power of the Dog. What are you hearing I'm, out there, Oliver? I'm very excited about the possibility, the likelihood of uh, Ari Wegner, uh, the cinematographer of Power of the Dog, uh, winning in that category, mm -hmm. uh, becoming a, a, a woman to take home uh, um, a cinematography um, uh, Oscar. Uh, I really, you know, as a, as a movie lover, I want to see more women take on that role specifically. You know, editing has always been a place where uh, women craftspeople have been able to get traction less so behind the camera. So I think that's gonna be an important moment and, um, and I, I'm excited, I hope, I hope that it happens. And you know what, maybe the, 20, the 2020s, this decade we're in will be every year a, a woman director wins, you know, Chloe Zhao last year, if Jane Campion yeah. gets it this year. And you know, I thought Kelly Reichert should have been in the running last year too. I've been holding out for first cow. I put, I, that's just as good as Power of the Dog. What the heck happened? <laughs> yeah, first cow is another one that's totally forgotten, but you can yep. find it uh, totally. online and it's worth uh, streaming. Uh, you another know, possibility I, is that we could have our third Asian director in a, in, in a row and, and, and the, um, acceptance of, of Asian cinema uh, and, and truly of international cinema, I think is definitely worth noting as much as we want to bemoan the lack of Spider-Man, you know. You don't uh, think Jane Campion has a lock on best director? I think he, she probably does. And best actress, that's really a hard one to call because the performances aren't that great. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if Penelope Cruz wins. Or maybe it's Kidman, I don't know. I would love it if Penelope Cruz won. We got about 30 seconds. So what are we recommending for this weekend? I've been watching a show called After Party on Apple TV with Tiffany Haddish. It's a yeah. different genre, a different perspective every episode. I wasn't sure after the first episode, a lot of the jokes fell flat, but I, stick with it. Episode three was hilarious when they got to the musical. We got genre. about 15 <laughs> seconds. Oliver. It's 84 degrees like? in Los Angeles right now. So I'm spending my weekend going for a walk. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. And I have a confession to make. I'm starting to come around on uh, the Gilded Age. Oh, <laughs> and speaking okay. of Gilded Age, our Gilded Age ends now. Thank you, Oliver Jones, Jason Fraley, and uh, the one and only Lou Katz. Thanks, Arch. We hope you'll catch us again next week. This is the Katz Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.